listening to the Eccentric Section Podcast with your hosts Breezy Getem and Jody Bro. Alright, so on the show today we got Balk Nasty. What's going on, Balk? Oh, you know, just doing what I'm doing. I see yeah, how you're all lighting a little bit better. There you go. You look, you look good. You, it's a shame that this isn't going to be a visual podcast right now oh, because never mind, then. you're looking pretty good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it, I got it some, will be eventually, though. I got something for you. A little sneak peek. Oh, let me get a little closer for the people listening. He's showing us a new tattoo. I'll send you a picture so, afterwards. D- does that say dime time? <laughs> <laughs> He's my biggest fan. I'm his biggest fan, you know? <laughs> uh, so what have you been doing during this whole quarantine and pandemic to, like, stay busy and... Uh, I mean, obviously, wrestling's like your life, bro. So yeah. Like when you don't have it, and it just everything comes to a halt. Like, what have you been doing to like? Just trying to be focusing on like when it does return. You know, I'm trying to get my cardio up to where it should be. Uh, trying to put on a little bit of size. Now that like gyms are back open. Uh, trying to put on more size. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, that's what I thought. Like, I'm I'm big on the indies, but I'm like average size when it comes to like WWE guys and shit. Okay. So, okay. No, I'm not trying to be in IWC forever, so I got to I hear you. I play with the big boys. Um, other than that, I've been experimenting with that Bulk's Book Club, trying to get uh, work on my reading abilities and my charisma. And uh, other than that, I mean, I work a day job, which is you know takes up some of my time. Other than that, you you've been essential the yeah. entire time, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm essential. Yeah, honestly, just kind of trying to keep myself ready for whenever shows did start coming back and look into the future. Did you anticipate a show coming back this soon or did you think it was just going to be prolonged and like wrestling canceled forever, basically? No, I thought I had uh, abandoned all hope of wrestling in 2020. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was looking forward to like yeah. starting up in the spring of 2021. So I'm, I'm, I'm shocked and pleasantly so that we're coming back so soon. Have you got any word on any of, uh, your participation in the show of like, are you guys going to be defending the tag titles? You and uh, mm-hmm. Xander Gabriel, the team of steak and eggs, the tag team champions. Yeah. I got a message from Plummer that said, uh, be ready to go on the 11th. I'm assuming it's going to be, Hell a, yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be a title match. I don't want to let anything out of, out of the bag too soon, but should, mm. should be something good for you guys. That's what we like to hear. So the bulks, uh, book club, as far as picking the books, we've seen that you guys kind of offered the fans to throw out suggestions in that. And we, I know we threw out green eggs and ham and that was the first one. We loved it. Uh, I don't know. I was just kind of, I was sitting there one day and I saw a bunch of IWC, you know, for lack of a better term, like TV coming up. And I was thinking back to how lovingly the fans chanted about my reading abilities. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick it up their ass. I'm going to, I'm going to do a, a book club for them. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't want to do any, you know, books that no one knew about, so I kept it to the classics. And I think the uh, the final episode is going to come out right before uh, shows resume. So I got one more in the in the tank for you guys. So uh, why weren't you ever on the Xander Zone? I mean, he's your tag partner. You were supposed to be on there. Asking you shall receive. Be patient, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> is there anybody you'd like to go up against? Uh, that's a good question. Uh I'm, I mean, Dime, Dime and Patch was a great episode, but I mean, now that you got a tattoo with a Dime time, <laughs> I think you might have to have Dime on oh, there, man. Yeah, I, w- I would look forward to that. I'm, I'm oddly good at trivia, so I've, I've been waiting to get on it. Uh, Dime will be good. Um, I wouldn't mind going against Plumber just because, I, you know, I like to trash him any way I can. Um, <laughs> Vegas. I think you and Vegas might have to be the episode, actually. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. 
would, I think I think I think that would be that 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 episode has to happen, Xander. So you need to make Bulk and and Vegas go against. Yeah, each other. Xander, please. I don't know. I'm sorry, Vegas, but I think my money might be on Bulk too. I just feel like it's gonna break down so quickly into no longer being a game show and just us talking shit on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that would still be enjoyable. <laughs> so uh, going back to the whole the crowd panhandling you and telling you you can't read. Uh, I know for me. I, I've I've seen you live at like the WrestleRex shows. Yeah. And I remember one incident in particular where some guy called you a a fat homophobic slur that we can't mm. use on the show. Yeah. I, I we were just wondering, is there any crazy fan stories that you've had to uh almost <laughs> uh yeah, that night was wild. I, I never they were chanting uh F my shorts, they were chanting uh that the fuck, yeah. fuck your shorts was actually a yeah, great chance. That's the though. first time I ever heard that. Um, the the homophobic slurs really confused me because there's a couple guys chanting that, and I was like, first off, I'm not doing any, anything like remotely to warrant that. Plus, like, don't be rude, you know. I know too, being in the crowd and and seeing like, if you've never been to a WrestleRex show, they're at the Rex Theater down in Southside, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, if if you got the VIP tickets, you're basically <laughs> on the entrance way. So like bulk and everybody that comes through they literally are walking on your laps and then come to the ring well this nice gentleman <laughs> making the nice comments to bulk uh he was right outside of the ring and he kept saying them and then bulk decided i'm gonna take things into my own hands and got out of the ring and i've never seen a guy basically go from timmy tough nuts to shit his pants in front of all his friends so quick it was great um yeah that crowd was i love that crowd so much um there was one time at IWC, I was talking trash to a couple fans, and I was back changing, and someone came back and told me to wait back. Like, don't go outside because they're out there waiting for me. So mm-hmm. I, I hung out for like a half hour, just out of respect the plumber and everybody. Um, uh, another fan at IWC tried calling me out during the cage match, and I embarrassed him in front of all his friends, and it got a little heated on my exit. Um, down south, I worked a show in like the very bottom of West Virginia, and they had no barricades. And the guy I was wrestling was the high school football coach. So the whole football team was there cheering him on. And no, nice. I, I got on and started jaw jacking and realized there's no barricade. And I was like, oh man, like I hope a ref comes out and breaks this up quick. Cause like <laughs> they look like they're fired up. And some chick came over and threw a whole drink on me. Oh shit. And then the only other crazy one really was um I was wrestling in South Carolina and was getting booed out of the building. And some lady, like, softball pitched a full can of pop at me, like, unopened. And I, I ducked it, thank God, because it would have concussed me. <laughs> I was like, well, who the hell throws a full can of soda? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Wrestling fans are crazy, man. <laughs> Dude, they, I love it because, like, they all want to be Timmy Toughnuts, like you said. And then as soon as you – it's time to walk the walk, they <laughs> hey, all run away. Joe, you haven't been to WrestleRex shows. No, I have not. I can't either. wait for my first one. Every match I remember seeing Bulk with, <laughs> every time after the match, Bulk gets out of the ring and just storms through the fucking crowd <laughs> like a fucking tornado <laughs> pushing people out of his way. And it, it's it's crazy because you'll some, see some people be smart and, like, move, <laughs> like, oh, shit, this guy is big as fuck and he's coming at me. But you'll see other people kind of like, nah, he can't do that. It, it's it's yeah. part of the show. He can't touch me in Bulk. <laughs> I mean, whether it's right or wrong, you just kind of move them out of your way yourself. So. Yeah, I don't throw punches. I remember uh, I have an older brother. He, to this day, he talks about how Mick Foley, as mankind, smacked notches out of his hand when they, him and Triple H were brawling through the crowd at the, uh, at the Igloo. And he, like, no like shit. 20 years later, he still talks about it. I'm like, you know what? Right or wrong, I'm, 
It's something memorable. Yeah, I'm going to be that memory for somebody smacking beers out of hands on the way out the racks. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, you also are a bouncer in your spare time, I used correct? to be. Uh, I've hung up my, my bouncing You got boots. any good bouncing stories? Oh, my God. Um, I got stabbed one time. Jesus Christ. Somebody, somebody had a box cutter. And, uh, like, long story. Somebody just casually was carrying a box cutter. Yeah. It was go time. And I threw his friends out, and he got all mad at me and started talking shit. So I was like, you know what? You're gone, too. And I went to grab him. And he starts doing, like, ninja hands. And I'm like, whatever, man. Like, you're 120 pounds. So I grabbed him and threw him <laughs> out the door. And I walked in. And the lady who worked at the front door would always be like, you have blood on you. Because we wore white dress shirts. And I was like, it was never my blood. So I was like, not my blood. I don't care. Well, <laughs> I said, not my blood to her. And I looked down, and I had a cut in my shirt and on my arm. Oh, from where shit. He was doing ninja hands with a box cutter. And I was like, motherfucker. Uh, that <laughs> happened. You all heard the Le'Veon Bell story, obviously. The Le'Veon Bell story, you might have to retell. I mean, I'm not to <laughs> steal any spotlight from the Dark Match podcast. Shout out to them. But that story, anybody that's been to an IWC show within the recent year, <laughs> they would know that uh, when Bell comes out, obviously – Bulk does never looks happy because he's gonna come down and destroy people. But uh, I tried to do the impossible and get Bulk to crack a smile because I got a custom Le'Veon Bell jersey that said Bulk, and it was twenty six. It was it was great. But I seen you want you wanted to smile, but it's, <laughs> well, first off, like twenty six is my number, so I saw it and I was like, oh, that's awesome. But uh, I'll give the Spark Notes version. Um, I used to work at a strip club, and no touching allowed. Like you know, obvious obvious rules. And this guy kept touching these dancers and they were fine with it. It wasn't like he was like being creepy or anything, but it was just violating the okay. rules, which if everyone sees this guy touching, it's going to make my night hard because now everyone's going to yeah, try and touch. Exactly. And I'm not a yinzer. I don't really watch football. So I didn't know who this guy was. And I mm. think it was like the second year we had Le'Veon Bell. And some girl's like, you don't know who that is? That's Le'Veon Bell. He's a stealer. He's great. And I'm like, I don't care who it is. Like you can't touch. Mm -mm. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, Hey man, like don't touch the girls. He's like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, no, like, you don't touch him. I'm like, I don't care who you are. Like, I will drag you outside and beat your ass like anyone else. But <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you don't got your offensive line in here. Like, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> and he's like, mean mugged me for like a good 30, 45 seconds and then, you know, wandered off. But it was just amazing because like he came in and did that shit. And then maybe four or five weeks later, uh, Ryan Shazier came in and it was like night and day. Like he at one point, it was slow, so he had his feet up on the, the drink ledge on the stage. And I walked over, and I was like, hey, man, I'm not trying to be that asshole bouncer, but can you not do that? He's like, sir, it won't happen again. And, like, all night, he was just very, yes, sir, no, sir, very respectful. And I was like, you know, your boy was down here the other day and just being a dick. <laughs> I'm like, so thanks for redeeming the Steelers' reputation. Coincidentally, I've actually seen Ryan Shazier in another gentleman's club, and uh, he was a sweetheart yeah, that night, too. I mean, I'm like, why are you even here? You're so nice. Yeah, shout out Ryan Shazier, yeah, too. Um, I think what else? Uh, down the south side, when I used to work at a place called Charlie Murdoch's, uh, someone, my first night working, my buddy's like, don't worry, dude, it's, it's a calm place. Like, every now and then you might have to break up a fight. And my first night there, some dude pulls a gun out on somebody. Oh, and it's shit. like, I'm standing here, and all of a sudden I see like this, and I'm like, oh, man, that's a gun. <laughs> I'm like, what <laughs> happened to it being a, a chill place, dude? Yeah. I got jumped. At Erotica one time, I got jumped in the parking lot across the street. That one, it was a simple case of, like, I was trying to walk this guy out because he was taking pictures and being a dick about it. Uh, and it, him and I fell on the ground, and I was on top of him. I was like, hey, man, like, chill out. And then his boy saw me, and I'm like, 
oh man, I just got the boots put to me. I was like, that's gonna, that's gonna hurt. <laughs> but uh, luckily, eventually, other bouncers, the cop on duty, came in to break it up. And then I got jumped outside at the uh, Kogos across the street. I was uh, pumping gas across the street from yeah. Erotica. They have okay. great uh, buffalo uh, pepperoni rolls. Yeah, pepperoni rolls, and they have. Uh, oh yeah, you got to get the pepperoni rolls with some chocolate milk, ball. That's a professional move right there. Buffalo chicken pizza. Is underrated though. Oh, oh shit. Okay. I'll have to try that. But uh again, long story short, not to ramble, but the dancers were like, hey, everyone from Silkies that gets out an hour earlier down there eating, and they all cat call us and shit. Do you mind pumping our gas for us? We'll give you ten bucks each. And I was like, shit, yeah. So I'm pumping everyone's gas for them, and every and the guys are cat calling the girls and they're telling them, you know, shut up, fuck off, we're not interested. And eventually I was like, guys, like, this isn't gonna change anything, just cut it out. And they're like, fuck you, dude. And I'm like, because I was a lot angrier back then, believe it or not. I was like, all right, come on then. And then it quickly turned into, I think it was like five on, five on one. And uh, that one I did win. The, the Erotica one, I didn't take, I didn't really do too well. But You win some, you lose some. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it for bouncy stories. Just kind of the same. That's the craziest. Uh, do you think your bouncer career has a lot to play within the bulk nasty character or persona I, I mean i know you a little more i don't fully know you like we're best friends but knowing yeah. you i don't think it's necessarily as much of a character either as people think like bulk <laughs> nasty and your government name also are the same human <laughs> being like yeah. you don't want to fuck with this guy outside <laughs> of the building you know what i'm saying uh my buddy one time said that he saw an interview with the rock and the rock said you know i'm just the rock is dwayne johnson amplified and my buddy goes, Balk Nasty is just you, like, down a little bit. You know, you're, you're – the- And I feel that's the, 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 the best characters we get come from people who are just themselves amplified by yeah. a, a hundred. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, man. What was your question again? As far as being a bouncer, did, did it ever play into your character or your wrestling career? Yeah, a little bit. Like, at one point, right as I was debuting, uh, someone wanted me to wear, like, my bouncer attire as my – my gimmick, it, it didn't go well. But uh, it definitely, weirdly enough, bouncing gave me the ability to talk shit as well as I do to the fans and everything. Because I used to be the uh, the shy kid who would st- stutter over every word. But every night dealing with drunk people, where you, you yeah. try, try not to fight them, you just talk shit instead and make them like, feel bad about themselves. So, so that helped with like promos for sure. I'm sure that definitely helped with heckling too. Whenever yeah. you're trying to focus on shit. I mean, you're, when, if you're used to drunk assholes saying things to you consistently, nightly, yeah. bouncing, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, and then uh, it definitely toughened me up. Like, like wrestling training is hard. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's not as hard as, you know, going to school from, from 7 to 3 and then going to the gym and then going to work from 7 to, to 4.35 in the morning. Yeah, And then getting, fuck. like, beat up every night, spit on, stabbed. Uh, I got one guy, like, he didn't piss on me, but I was carrying him down the steps because he was drunk, and he pissed his pants, which then went on to me. So I wasn't, like, pissed on, but I was, I was pissed on. So, like, it definitely gave me an appreciation for... You were like, pissed sh- on and pissed yeah. off at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Like, shit's hard. So, like, bouncing definitely made real-life shit seem a little bit easier because it's such an extreme. Like, you're seeing everyone at their worst. So, in wrestling, it's like, all right, like, everyone's pretty mellow now, and, and, the, and the shit's not as hard as getting pissed on. How, how do you even discover indie wrestling? I didn't even know independent <laughs> wrestling really existed yeah. until Night of the Superstars right. where Rey Mysterio yeah. was there. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to meet Rey Mysterio. Right. And then yeah. uh, I know you've not too 
too fond on the old team storm group but uh <laughs> team storm is what sold me to consistently keep coming back to iwc okay. and then the more you come the more you grow with each character and oh hell yeah and you appreciate you everybody's role in the show you know what i mean yeah absolutely so so how did you discover independent wrestling and what made you like what drew you to that um i mean to give me the long answer growing up i remember watching wrestling with my brother I think it was the Dudley Boys versus the Hardys versus Edge and Christian in a TLC match. Uh, WrestleMania 7. Wow. Yeah. Great match. And I was like, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. Like, I was always obsessed with, like, the strongman contests and, like, wrestling and, like, being larger than life. And then growing up, I, I got big. Like, I was, I was a big kid. And I was like, I could probably do this wrestling thing. So I Googled wrestling schools near me. And IWC popped up. And for our senior year in high school, we had to do a senior project of a career we wanted to pursue. I did mine on wrestling, and that's where I met uh, Chuck Roberts at the time, who was the owner, and I met Super Hentai and Marshall Gambino, who were the trainers at the time, and I think I was 18, and they're like, you know, they laid it off for me. I, I interviewed them, and I said, like, I made a deal. You know, I'll come back in a couple of years after I get my college degree out the way, and a couple of years later, I, I emailed them again, and they're like, yeah, you know, we have tryouts in January. School starts in, I think, June, and then the rest is history. Like, that's how I got into it, just... Just from a Google yeah. search. Going back to like WrestleMania 17 and watching wrestling, and that's mm. basically what made you fall in love with it and uh -huh. and want to make this a career. Was there any specific, like, was that the specific match that made you go, this is it? Or was there another one or a certain wrestler that stood out to you that made you like, this is this is what I want to do? It was definitely that match. I guess the first match I ever really remember watching. I knew I saw wrestling before that, but that was the one that was burned into my brain. Um, I was always a big show, Mark. Because I was the big kid in school who got made fun of for being big. Yeah. And at the time, he was doing the gimmick where he was getting made fun of for being big. And I'm like, that's the guy. And then I got a little bit older and I fell in love with like Triple H, Undertaker, Kurt Angle. Obviously, uh, Jericho was like my number one. And uh, Mankind. I saw an interview where he said that he couldn't jump high, so he jumped off of high things. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's me. So those were like the, the handful of guys that once I got into it and learned all the characters and all the wrestlers, I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to try to be. That's what I want to act like, you know. I used to work out the Triple H's theme song. Oh, I still all do. All that cliche oh, shit. Yeah. Still do. <laughs> Wrestling theme songs yeah. can get you through fucking a workout. Oh, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not big by any means, but when you're in the gym and that fucking Brock Lesnar song hits, bro, I am ready to fucking break everything in that gym. And then... You're throwing and, extra 45 Yeah, and that Chris is behind me like fucking Paul Heyman. Like, you know what time it is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, yo, too. So here's another thing, Bob. I've already <laughs> told your brother about this, and I'm pretty sure he's told you. So not on some weird shit, but uh, I, you, you've been in my dream one time. And, uh, it was a fucking disturbing dream. I don't remember <laughs> yeah, the obviously. fine details or anything, but all I remember, and I just had another one with you, and I think it was because I was setting up the podcast and shit. I'll tell you that one. But the first one, you were chasing a fucking deer around, and you grabbed this fucking deer. And you fucking snap this deer's leg, like picture its body, and then picture you taking its legs, and instead of pushing them inward, you pulled every leg outward and just snapped this fucking deer's legs off. Jesus Christ. And magically, dude. you just were like in some kind of hardcore match, and you had these deer nunchucks. So if you were ever in like a hardcore extreme rules match, we need to make the deer nunchucks a thing. Yes. Yes. I can imagine him just taking some deer nunchucks oh, yeah. over Hooven's head in a hardcore sure. match. That would I be awesome, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, how about anyone. this? If you see me advertise for a hardcore match, you better bring the weapons. Oh, for sure. I'll, I'll get those nunchucks. Oh, for sure. Yes. Say no more. <laughs> and then the second one was just like I said this week. And uh, have you ever seen the video that was like a viral video? It was called the uh, the Bagel Boss. That little short guy, and he was like in a bagel yeah. shop, and he was like, "No one talks to me like Freaking that." Out. Yeah. So yeah, we we were at like Melon Arena, and it was me, you, and two other guys. And we were watching like this, this some kind of like NXT type show, you know what I mean? Where it was, like, it was independent, yeah. but on like a bigger spectrum. And we right. walk outside and this little fucking dude just comes up and he's yapping at the mouth at you. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh man, this is not good. And then have you ever seen the Chappelle show where uh, Rick James slaps <laughs> Charlie Murphy? It's like, slap him. yeah, <laughs> this guy yeah. slapped you so fucking hard that you seen like, you know, it, oh, <laughs> no. it was bad. And all I seen was you turn beet red in this dream and you put this guy in a full Nelson and fucking slam this guy right on his fucking skull and just kept pounding his fucking head in. That and poor me and man. this other oh, dude were like, yo, get the fuck off of him. You're going to kill him. <laughs> and you were just like, this motherfucker's going to hope I kill him because if he's alive, it's going to be a lot worse than if he's oh, dead. No. And then I just remember waking up and I was like, oh, my God, this is like, <laughs> like I've had some fucked up dreams. Like, I appreciated the dream, though, because I'm like, oh, shit, this interview's <laughs> happening this week. So you beat people up in my dream. Uh, I think I'm flattered. I don't, I don't oh, know. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean, that's definitely, like, I, I'm trying, in my older age, I'm trying to simmer down a little bit. I used to be a, a crazy person, but, uh, like, this one time I was in, I was in construction traffic, and this dude kept, like, beeping his horn, beeping his horn, and, like, throwing the middle finger up, and I'm like, it can't be me. Like, there's, we're in a mile of traffic. Like, it's, you know, it's 51, <laughs> right. like, construction. And I, like, kind of did, like, one of the points at me. I'm like, you beeping at me? And he's like, fuck you. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I just got no. dumped by my girlfriend at the time. So here I go. Oh, yeah. Out the car. <sighs> he has a bag of McDonald's on his passenger seat. I grip him up through his driver window, and I'm, like, shaking him. And I'm like, don't hit him. Don't hit him. Don't hit him. So I reach in and grab his <laughs> oh, McDonald's. Shit. I'm like, fuck you and your McDonald's. And I toss oh, him yeah. the screen, like, Shut that's the new diet plan go. right there. I want Anytime yeah. I want McDonald's, somebody better grab me the fuck up and be like, yo, this ain't happening. And you, like, I guess when you're that big, bro, you don't have that much fear. Cause like, I, I instantly look at people like, if I do that shit, I am going to get shot or stabbed. Right. When you're that big, you're grabbing the gun and making them fucking eat it. Oh my God. It's not even so much like a no fear thing. Like, like I've already been stabbed. So I'm not worried about that. I'm like, I got that unlocked. And then I used to date this crazy chick who pulled a gun on me twice. So I'm like, not really worried about the guns being pulled. But in the moment, I'm just so full of, like, anger and rage. It's like anything that's been repressed just comes flying to the surface. And I'm like, I probably need therapy. But at the time, I'm like, I just tunnel vision in. And I'm like, hey, you've done me wrong. And now I'm labeling you for everything else has been wrong to me. So now you must pay. Like, some some dude, I was uh, on Monday. I got in a hit and run. Like, this dude smashed into uh, two cars behind me. And they both smashed into me. And then just took off middle finger out the moonroof. And I was so full of rage from like the audacity of A flicking us off and then B, like you crush these two cars. And like my car was fine, but you smash these two cars, these poor people, and like don't even have the kindness to like stop and check on them, let alone like give them your insurance information. And I was like, I just started screaming. I'm like, I jump in my car and like take off after trying to catch them. And I'm like, what am I gonna do? Like, if I catch them, like, what am I gonna do? Like wreck into them, like pull them over. Like, I, what, I can't do anything. So eventually I, just, I gave up and called 911. But yeah, I still, as, as much as I try to stay calm, I still got a little bit of that edge in me. Oh, man, I'm sure it ha it's hard to get rid of sometimes. Uh, so obviously your theme song is Pantera. 
I'm Broken, which is an amazing song. And now every time I hear it, I'm just like, somebody's going to, it's yeah. kind of like the Brock Lesnar thing. I'm oh, like, yep. somebody needs beat up around me. I like, yep. even I sent you when I was in a bar just yeah. last week. And these girls were so loud and catty and just, you know, that <laughs> shit all that over there. And I'm just like, so they doing? had all what their, doing? huh? <laughs> their, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a good impression. But uh, they had Katy Perry and all that kind of shit blasting. And then they, uh, they they got they got pretty mad when I turned on Panther and they weren't <laughs> anymore. They were like, "What the fuck is this?" Oh, I wish I was seeing that. To get back to what I was saying though, with the Pantera thing, I mean, obviously you're into like rock and stuff. Like, what what bands are you into, or what music do you listen to, like oh, at the gym um, and stuff? I mean, I'm into uh, a lot of things. Like, at the gym, it's usually like you said, like shit, like Pantera, uh, Rage Against the Machine, Black Label Society, Metallica, and then I'll do even like Nas. Um, some 50 Cent, Eminem, Limp Biscuit. As much as they get trash, I fucking love Limp Biscuit. I, I fucking uh, love Limp Biscuit too. So we're both in that category. I actually seen, were you one of the ones on Facebook the other day uh, yeah, defending yeah, Nickelback? I Nickelback? Yeah. I don't understand the hatred to Nickelback at all. I've like, never I'm not really saying they're the either. greatest band either, <laughs> right. but like, I never understood. People act like they're yeah. like Nazis it's and shit. It's just a band of wagon hate, but uh, yeah, that's I'll all listen it is. to anything for the most part. Like, I'll even jam out like Mumford and Sons and like if I'm not in the gym, I mean, I'll, I'll you'll catch me bumping Ed Sheeran driving down the road. He's he's a songbird oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. But uh, I, I could just see you wiggling in your car oh, yeah. to the shape of you. Just jump. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I wish I wish this was a visual podcast right now. Um, but yeah, yeah. Oh, just, man. For for wrestling, I was always like, um, DJ Z told us for picking entries music, you want something that you like, but you won't hear on the radio. And I was originally going to pick Walk, but then RVD used it. What's well, a good thing you're from Pittsburgh because they play the same oh, yeah. five rock songs. So <laughs> you have <laughs> a wide variety I, to I pick. pick anything. But yeah, I was like, you know, it, it hits hard. And as soon as it hits, you know, everyone knows it's business, it's business time. So I picked that one. Oh, and uh, yeah. the crowd just reacted to it because now it's like, yeah. Oh, I, mean, I know. You, guys are there, you know what it's like. I know. I lose my <laughs> goddamn mind every time. <laughs> I also know, too, my girl's dad is like, Dimebag Daryl is like yeah. his fucking idol because he's into that speed rock guitar. And so one day, me and him were drinking, and I was like, yo, I got to show you some IWC shit. Yeah. You know I mean, you got to come to with us one of these times. Mm -hmm. And I showed him. It was the uh, the 16-bit challenge. And when your music hit, it, it wasn't this most recent year. It was the year before where you had the altercations with like Jinx and Paxton yeah, Hurricane. and all this. Yeah, and all those. And uh, so when your music hit and shit, he's like, I like this guy by fucking default. Like, I don't even care if he comes out here and gets the shit kicked out of him or if he beats everybody up. His song makes oh, me man. like him the most. So I was like, he hasn't even been to IWC <laughs> and he's already a mark for you just because of the Pantera theme. Good, good. I need all the fans I can get. <laughs> Obviously, you've played a heel the whole time i've been to iwc i mean there's been times where you've been a baby face not really by choice where you're kind of shit trying to shit on us and we're still just like like me and brad for instance me and him were chanting bulk reads well or bulk reads good and you kind of looked at us like what yeah. the fuck are you doing you're not <laughs> you guys are going against the grain right now it's, it's not even that i wrestle good you're talking about my reading abilities as a whooping ass like there's no books in here like what like, what are you guys doing? In the long run or in the long term, you said that your goal isn't necessarily just independent wrestling. You want to go to WWE and AEW yeah. or, or wherever or wherever pays and you get to perform for a living. Yeah. Would you care if you were a heel or a baby face or do you just want to be involved with professional wrestling? I mean, the, the cheap answer is I want to be involved in wrestling no matter what. Um, you know, it is a business. As much as I love it, it's a passion. Like, it's, I'm here to make money. But 
going back to earlier talking about, you know, the best gimmicks are just your personality amplified. So, you know, I think no matter what, it's going to shine through. And some people hate me and I'll, I come off as a heel to them. Some people, for whatever reason, love me and I come off as a face to them. So I think wherever I go, if I get there, I'll just be myself to some sort of degree and, and that will shine through and I'll get whatever reaction that, uh, you know, like the, the real me would get. So heel or face, I, I don't care. As long as you're making noise, at the end of the day, I'm happy. You know, I don't need cheers. Of course, for yeah. But crickets, yeah. then I'm for screwed. For sure. Uh, if you got to pick between WWE or AEW or or even any, like, major league or ring of honor or any of those, where, what platform would you want to be on if you got to pick just up in the air right now? Uh, I would say WWE because growing up as a kid, that's what I watched, you know? Yeah. I was always – I was never w, I was never really WCW. I was always yeah, WWF, WWE. And uh, a while back, I got to work with Kurt Angle to help him for his retirement match and just talking to him and hearing all the stories from them and like the global plans they have. It's like, you know, Kleenex isn't Kleenex is the brand. It's yeah. not the name. Of yeah. Kleenex. True. man. Everyone knows Kleenex. Same with Band-Aid. Like wrestling is WWE in my eyes. Right. That's a good point. So I'm not saying that I'm not saying like AEW isn't a competition. I'm not saying if AEW called me, I wouldn't go. I'm just saying that like from the boyhood dream prospect, I always wanted to be like WrestleMania, Madison Square Garden, Monday Night Raw, like that was always like the bucket list things I wanted to do. Yeah. So now that with AEW around and they're kicking ass, I do have those goals and aspirations. And I, I personally would like to see you in AEW just because I would like to see the whole the Wardlow bulk nasty match on a on a yeah. higher platform uh, and letting the world get to see it, not just people in Western yeah. Pennsylvania or in the tri-state area. Yeah, not to toot my own horn. Yeah, it's not fair. The rest of the world doesn't get to see it. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn, but like me and him had something special. Oh, you guys had great I, chemistry. Looking back on it, like I'm mad that yeah. I wasn't there for all the matches. <laughs> like we we did so many so many like run-ins with each other, and so many just chasing each other off and screwing each other out, out of wins and losses and shit. And it just built to a. We wrestled three times. It built to the first time, and he had a bar with him at the time. He screwed me out of it, and then the two more recent ones. The uh, the second round we went. It was right after uh, Sean Phoenix crashed and burned, and like the whole show shut down for forty-five minutes. I, I was there, man, right in and front of to, that. That, get, that shit yeah. was fucking scary, man. Because at first it was kind of like a, all right, um, he's, he's 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 playing his role pretty well, and then I was yeah. like, all yeah. right, I actually think yeah. he's he's dying. So it, that was that was intense, yeah. man. Yeah, and and not to get too like behind the scenes things, but you know, Justin Plummer was was you know debating on canceling the show or or not and what to do and. And the rule in wrestling was always the show must go on, you know, even back with like 9-11, like WWE was the first yeah. mass gathering because the show must go on. Where are the people's distractions? You know, where are the entertainment? Where do they escape from reality? So he was tossing around the idea of canceling the show. And Jimmy Vegas, you know, we've had our ups and downs, but he, he told him, he's like, no, he's like, send, send bulk out, you know, you know, Matt, the show goes on and, and me and Warlow went out. I feel like we created. Oh, that that, that match was from, great, and then followed by that ladder match. There was a couple crash and burns in that match too, and I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, I can't <laughs> handle any more of this tonight. Like, I'm glad this show's over. <laughs> it was a great show, but I was yeah, oh, it was intense. But yeah, back to your main point. Like, I would love to go to AEW and and, and tussle with him a couple times because, again, like I was one of my favorite opponents, and I feel like we have so much to offer people and. There's storytelling so within the wrestling Batman too, Joker. and that that's that's hard to find yeah. nowadays. Honestly, I mean, a lot of it's high spots, and I even fall find myself falling from like I I, I get mesmerized by the oh shit he just did 45 oh, flips, yeah, yeah, but at the same time the storytelling and wrestling has slowly faded away. And I know with you guys, like you said, you had chemistry in the ring that it 
there, there was enough storytelling to where even if you hadn't watched wrestling, you kind of got a broad understanding of what's going on. Yeah, and that, and that's a that's a huge compliment. Thank you, Super Hentai, my my lead trainer. He always hammered in like, you know, we're telling a story. Um, Ray Rowe told us during a seminar that it's it's Shakespeare with with violence, and I always like was drawn to that. Like, I want to go out there, no words, tell a story from start to finish that the fans can follow. You know, good guy, bad guy, you know, whatever it is. And and for me, for you guys to say that's that's a huge compliment. So, so oh, thank for you. sure. Of course, man. Uh, is there anybody you just said about working with Kurt Angle and obviously Wardlow now is more of a household name. Is yeah. there anybody that you've worked with that like you were kind of starstruck by? I mean, I know in professional wrestling, you probably shouldn't say that, but at the same time, you just even said growing up watching professional wrestling, I'm sure working with guys like Kurt Angle was probably like, holy shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. For, Cause I wrestled in high school. And so from a, a pro wrestling standpoint and a, an amateur wrestling standpoint, like working with him was insane because it was, you know, gold medalist and hall of fame. And that was pretty wild. Um, early in my career, I got beat up by Rhino. I was always the ECW mark growing up. So that was pretty wild. Ricky Steamboat gave me a couple of chops. Nice. That was pretty wild. I remember uh, Night of Superstars where I worked uh, Hurricane, which is another one. Like, I can't believe I was like wrestling. Um, I was backstage and I was talking to, to Sting. And he's like, you remind me of a small Vader. And the meathead in me was like, what do you mean small? He's like, easy. Meathead. Like, I mean, like, you're not 400 pounds. He's like, but I would have loved to work a guy like you, like, in my prime. And I was like, did Sting just tell me he wanted to wrestle me? Like, oh, my mind just blew up. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I can't wait to go home and, like, journal about this. <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> is, is there anybody that uh, that you haven't got to work with yet that, like, on top tier that, that you need to work with before – you you hang it up or before they hang it up is there somebody that really sticks out oh shit that's a loaded question man because like i want to work with anybody anybody who has like anyone who's done anything in this business yeah. i want i want to work with you know I, I would love to test myself against the, the all-time greats and, and the current greats like i want to know that i can go out there and hang with, with just about anyone whether it be a, a high flyer dude or a powerhouse or even like a technical wrestler like, i want to know that you know i can go out there and any given sunday i can, I can I can do the damn thing. Uh, with your career too, is there a specific match you for the listeners that haven't seen you or haven't seen your whole career? Is there a specific match you would tell them to go look back and be like, "That's the definition of bulk nasty in wrestling." Like, um, I would say personally, it's a tie for number one between me versus Wardlow at Unbreakable or me versus Bullen at the WrestleRex, um, the first WrestleRex, and then after that, I would say the high stakes. What was a six man clusterfuck? Uh, at, oh, the because uh, yeah, where it was like me, Atticus, yeah, that was a Hooven, Beast Man, RC. If I remember properly, you almost took my fucking head off with yeah, the microphone. Yeah, you did. Listen, you did. You, uh, I, listen, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I think you're all thinking a little too much for the show. I never did such a thing. For 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 anybody that wasn't there, <laughs> there was a microphone and like the little the logo square that goes around the microphone and uh it was in the way and ball kicked it and I don't think he was intentionally kicking at me, but at the same time the aim was too perfect. So <laughs> yeah, that's a little blew right offense to head. it. But I I had ninja like reflexes at that moment because I ducked it like the fucking major. Well, see, there you go. It's, I'm just making more memories for you. Yeah, for but sure. That wasn't that I took like barbecue skewers to the head and Fucking 400 pound beast man. Yeah, you know, right yep. Like everyone was taking casualties that night, not just you, man. That was a great I, match. <laughs> I was in the crowd, and I mean, shout out to Beast Man, but when he got up there, I was like, <laughs> I 
I have absolutely all the sympathy in the world for everybody that's about to get fucking Damn, Balk was <laughs> taken right out. in the middle. Uh, and, the, and then the step, yeah, and then the steps were right there too. So any of you could have fell back and cracked your head right off of the steps, and it was it was a clusterfuck, but it was a great clusterfuck as a yeah, fan. Yeah, that match was like I feel like it had everything. And I remember walking back through the curtain. Kevin Nash was there, and he was like, "Big man, good job." And I was like, "Holy shit, you're Kevin Nash!" <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah." And, then, and Mark Madden was there, and I know Mark Madden from like outside of wrestling, and we were talking. And it, like, it quickly devolved into like us talking about Club Erotica. I've seen him in the strip club way too many <laughs> yeah. times. But I'm sitting there, I'm like, I am talking about strippers with Kevin Nash. And I was like, NWO Wolfpack, like, biggest fan. And I'm like, my life is out of control yeah. right now. Yeah, for sure. Like, 10 year old me would be like so happy to know all of this. <laughs> and talking about strippers. 10 year old, yeah. you would have been excited. Yeah. I was always, yeah. As a kid, I was always like, ooh, girls. I was never, ew, girls are icky. So 10 year old me was all about it. The last question to just wrap it up, and we're going to actually make this a question that we ask all the wrestling guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is what's your uh, Mount Rushmore wrestlers like? If you had to pick four, who would it be? You said four? Um, are... I hope. Either that or I suck at history <laughs> and that there's more. Ahead, but I, I'm assuming there's four. So do you mean like all-time greats or all-time favorites? Just on a personal level. It doesn't have to be. Uh... I would say uh, Jericho, for sure. That's that's my goat, too. Um, Angle, Bruno. Austin, it's either Austin or Rock because Austin and The Rock were the top two yeah. guys when every person watched wrestling. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like, wrestling has a big fan base now, but like back in that day, like everyone was cross shopping people. Everyone had Austin 316 shirts. Yes, so, like, sir. There, there's a little something you had special in your career that involved Austin, too. Am I correct? Something about my career involved Austin. This information came from somebody close to you. So if they're lying to me, then, uh, I'll, I'll tell you off air and you can go uh, <laughs> shake them up like the guys <laughs> with the McDonald's in their give car. Me, give me a little more info. Give me a little more hints. Involving weight, possibly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's actually two things about Austin. Like, I remember watching, like, the Austin DVD or documentary, we're going to call it, and he said he was a black boots, black tights wrestler. Like, he no no frills. And I was like, I'm no frills. I'll wear black boots and black singlet. Like, that's what I'll do. And my fattest, I got up to about 320 pounds. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be built at 316 just because, you know, Austin 316 says, I was with your ass. Yeah. So I might as well go with it. <laughs> that that was awesome. what I yeah, knew. That yeah. was what I heard. The singlet part's awesome. Yeah. Too, that's, I, I mean, shit. Everyone rips everyone off. So I might as well rip off someone great. That's definitely a perfect oh, wrestler yeah, to yeah, take something from and add it to your career. <laughs> as far as the, uh, the next show, it's on July 11th, four times sports center. Back in business. And you said we're, we're going to hear shortly on who, uh, who bulk might be beating up that night, correct? Yeah, I know it's a I know it's a tag match. I think it's a, I think it's a title match and uh we will be back in business as well. Nice. And just uh bring a good bring a good supply of body bags for that night cuz whoever plumber puts us against it's gonna, they're going to need them. Sure. <laughs> and, and and the best part about it is whoever you beat up and and, and if they possibly die, we're marking it down as a covid death. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Pad those numbers. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show, Balk, and we hope to have you again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm honored to be the first guest, and whenever we get this up and running again, we'll, we'll run it back. Yeah, for oh, sure, man. Yeah. Thank you for being the uh, – and, and yes, everybody is actually uh, going to be hating on us because uh, we're called the Eccentric Section Podcast for a, a specific reason, and uh, somebody eccentric wasn't quite available, so we picked the next best thing for the show. I'll, I'll take second best, I guess. <laughs> you you know, at times, you're still number one in our heart, Bulk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, uh, sir. Uh, oh, yeah. Number oh, one right was, here. Uh, <laughs> all right, Bulk. Thank you for being on the show, buddy.
I'll see you guys. Thank you so much, Buck. Yes, sirs.